ain't in a financial position to take care of nobody but my family. I got two daughters that I'm raising. One's nine and one's one. If I just, just tell it, just tell us about his. <laughs> just filling us in on him. Just giving us a breakdown. Just, just giving us, giving us his Tinder bio, and it's fine. It's fine. I gotta raise this one nine. He gonna call nine one one. Hold on. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but the bear, 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 bear really takes away from the heat. <laughs> it really, really breaks apart the emotional hit that he was trying to deliver there. <laughs> I don't have money for my family, and I'm raising two baby girls. Here's their ages, and if I had to fucking pull a pull a gun out on you, you're gonna call the cops. What? Beat him up! Beat him up! Beat him up! What's up, Cubs? What did you say? Forget it, dude. That's all the sign we needed. Beat him up. Beat him up. Beat him up. Happy Monday. Don't be a bummer. And cheer up, babe. What's up, baby gorgeous? Welcome to Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. I'm your host, VJ Julio Cubs. What episode is it? It's episode 69. Uh You know what I mean? And I already said you know what I mean. And we're so... Oh, goddamn early in the episode. But first things first, I'll explain the sunglasses in a second. <laughs> that's not the first thing that's first. I'll explain the sunglasses in a second. But first things first, merch is live. Okay? Merch is live right now. Look at that shit. Fuck yeah, dude. We're just... I should have practiced displaying this. We're just going to keep... Dancing on that bridge till the stars come home, babe. Okay, merch is live. You can go get your merch at cheerupbabe.com. We uh, had a we did a full overhaul of the store, slimmed up the items, uh, threw a couple new ones on there, and I'm very, very excited about it. And it is <laughs> the sickest. Okay, um, you might be like, VJ, why aren't you just wearing the merch? That would be a great way to display it. Um, it's because I haven't stopped wearing it, and it's also it's dirty as shit. You know. And you know how and you know how your man prepares for things. He doesn't. He just kind of jumps right in, both feet. And I sat down to record this episode, and I went, probably should have washed the merch. Didn't wash the merch. It's fine. It's got also. It looks like a cum rag at this point because I get spit up on every single day of my life. Disrespectfully throw the shirt. Second thing, second, Boone's Monday track of the week. Let's get it out of the way right now. It is called the baddest. By Joey Badass. My favorite part about this submission is that the text that came along with the submission, old Boo Boo Bear, he said, this isn't lovey or wrote or what did he say? It's like he, he said something along the lines of it's not lovey-dovey at all. Just straight bars. And he doesn't just cuss every other word. So it's like it's family friendly. He said something along those lines and it's fine. Baby Gorgeous, we got so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. So you might as well just sit back and put your fucking seatbelts on because this is going to be a long trip. Okay. This is going to be a long trip, babe. I was in Miami, and shit's just different now, okay? Your man's changed, all right? Hence the sunglasses. How did your life change, VJ? I don't know. I wear sunglasses inside now, only if they're pink-lensed. You know, shit's just going to be a little bit different now. I rubbed elbows with some Richie Riches, (laughs) and it's been just 
a blasty blast. Now, did my work life directly following the little extravaganza in Miami I went on crumble and fall because the market is crashing? Yeah, but I'm just hanging on to that Miami thread, babe. So I went to a conference and we and it was just a business conference, right? And we flew down to Miami and your man's just got wined and dined. Just spoiled, all right? I was an Instagram hooker, and I was all fucking about it, dude. All about it. I was like, first of all, had to go to JCPenney and get the clothes. We already know that story. So I was dudged the fuck out. And then I walk into this conference, and I'm like, well, I'm top 5% best dressed here because everyone else is wearing polo t-shirts with their company logo on them. So already, you might be like, oh, no, were you embarrassed that you got overdressed? Come on, babe. Who are you listening to right now? Who are you listening to? Was VJ embarrassed that he was overdressed? No. I immediately went, oh, I'm better already, dude. I'm going to sit down at these meetings and they're going to be like, damn, he's duds the fuck out. Also, shaved the shit out of my head the, the morning of so that I was just glistening so you could see me from anywhere inside that conference showroom. Anywhere in that conference showroom, you'd just be like, where's VJ? Follow the light. And that's another reason I'm wearing these sunglasses is because self-blindness from the reflection bouncing off my cranium. And it's all good, dude. So I was just balds the fuck out, just diced out in my JCPenney dress clothes. Just absolutely diced, dude. And I had my, like, navy blue slacks on that were just one size too tight. And I don't have an ass, but I kind of look like I did. And I checked myself out in the mirror the morning of the conference. And I went, oh, buddy, go eat them up. And that's exactly what I did. Now, the thing about these conferences, first of all, it's in Miami, where you can fill the air with your hands. Like, we landed on the plane, walked out of the plane. And when I walked out of the plane, I went... Oh, I can feel the air. Then we get in the rental. I'm with my two bosses and my coworker. It was the four of us. We all went. It was a blast. Did we fly in a private jet? That's none of your business, but you know. And we go to the conference. We do the conference. I had like 14 meetings in one day. It was like that speed dating shit. So I'm ramped about a thousand all day. But the thing about the conferences is it's not about the conferences. It's about the nights of the conferences. And the thing about this conference is it was on a Tuesday. Okay. So Tuesday, day full of meetings. Tuesday night, boss said, hey, here's a company card. Take one of your customers out and just spoil them. Just have fun with them. There's no, there's no spending cap. Just take them out. Get to know them, talk business, have some fun. Okay. (laughs) Challenge accepted. So I hit up these guys that are from Virginia with their southern accents and they're just debonair fucking cockstrong charm. And I just go, that's who I'm picking. So I went up, I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, we had done some business before, but we had never met. I hadn't met anybody because I'm so new to the game. And I was like, you guys got to, you guys want to go to dinner? And they were like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, buddy. Let's go on down. You know, I'm not great at accents. We know that. But they pretty much said, hell yeah, buddy. That sounds great. Here's your phone number. Let's text each other. Just We'll just go up to the room, shit, shower, and shave, and then we'll meet you back down. Oh, awesome, man. Do you guys have a place you want to go? Yeah, there's a, I hear there's a great steakhouse over here. And I'm like, fuck yeah, buddy. Let's get it done. They're like, all right. 
Text me when you're ready. All right, buddy. I'll text you when I'm ready. So I go down. I shower. Now, the thing about the JCPenney debonair look is that it's not going to crush it at a dinner. Also, I was uncomfortable because any time there's a shirt with buttons, it squeezes your man's neck. So I was at 60% oxygen all day long, and I needed to change out of my clothes. Now, we're in... The Hard Rock Hotel in Miami, or just outside of Miami, I can't remember where the... Wherever the fucking hotel is, that's the shape of a guitar. That's where everything was. We didn't leave the hotel for the entirety of this trip, because that hotel is a city. Okay, we would have the... We had the conference in the hotel, and then there's a mall in the hotel, and then there's like anywhere from 6 to 37 restaurants, and then anywhere from 7 to 29 bars. I... Don't know the exact number, but we didn't have to leave the hotel, and it was great. So I go, I have to change my clothes. And I was like, okay, I didn't bring anything to wear, so I'm just going to go downstairs to whatever shops are in this hotel. And it's all just Gucci, but names I've never heard of. It's all just, you can come in here, and every sing- and you can get a t-shirt with a bunny on it, and it's $275. And I was like, well, I do have the company card, but that's still just too egregious for me. I'm not going to do that. So I went to the Hard Rock store. There's a store. There's like, a, hey, welcome to our hotel. Buy merch. So I did. And I was like, I usually wear larges, all right, because I like when it squeezes around my arms just a little bit, but it's looser in the body, you know. And so I bought a large, and it was $100 for a gray polo that had a hard rock insignia on the arm. It was $100. And I grabbed the large, I buy it, and I was like, well, that's the most I've ever spent on a t-shirt, and it made me sick. And then I went and I put it on, and I said, this is small, Okay. I don't know what's going on with Miami, but their t-shirts are not the right size. So I go back to the Hard Rock store, and I go, I need an extra large. And I put an extra large on, and it was still so fucking tight. It was like I was wearing a medium, and it was definitely a topic of conversation at dinner. Now we go out to dinner. My one boss and my other coworker were like, hey, we're not going out to dinner with anybody. We're going to come with you. And I said, perfect. So we all went out, and babe, I spent more money than I've ever spent on a meal. Ever. Let me put it this way to you. I texted my wife once the dinner was over and I said, I just spent more on a tip than you and I have ever spent going out. All right. So your man's is feeling fluttery. Your man's is feeling like, you know, it's just a wash in the park. <laughs> what the fuck are with these sayings that I come up with on this shit? Now, here's the other thing. Gin and tonics all night. Here's the second thing. I ordered a gin and tonic at the restaurant, and they brought me gin straight. And I didn't want to look like a bitch in front of these uh, customers of mine, who are now my my boys. I mean, we're fucking tight now. I dig these guys. But after they got done talking about how tight the shirt was on my arms, I drank a gin straight, and then I ordered another one, and I said, let's just fucking keep it pouring. And we spent so much money, it was fucking ridiculous. Now, that primed me for a night at the casino. Now, the thing about that is you definitely can't use the company card at the casino, and your man's... (laughs) Behind on some bills. Your man's doesn't have just cash to spend. So I go to my boss and he is like elbow to elbow with every CEO at this conference. We're like, what do you think the net worth is at that table? And I was like, probably 300 mil. And they were like, yeah, that might be a little shy. It was that type of level. So I go to my boss and I go, hey, 
there's a casino in the hotel. And I go, hey, these two guys don't gamble and have never gambled. And I'm trying to get them to have fun. And they're hammered. So I'm going to get them to gamble. Now, so my boss gives me a little bit of money. And I went, thanks, and scurried away like a bitch, dude. If you imagine it from an outside perspective of the CEOs that he's sitting around at the table at, he just saw, they just saw this guy's workers come up to him, ask for money. He gave them a little bit of money, and then they scurried away. Bitches, but we're having fun all, all nonetheless. Whatever, I'm never going to own a Rolex. I don't give a shit. So we go... And I get them gambling, and it's fun. And then they tap out at about 2 a.m., but your man's is just starting. So I convinced my coworker to give me money. <laughs> I'm just a beggar in Miami, okay? I'm just a beggar in Miami. And I stayed up till 4.15. Now, I did have meetings and an entire day two of the conference the next day, and I knocked it out of the park. Don't worry about me. Let's talk about Miami, Okay. If I had to sum up Miami in a sentence, it's fives who think they're tens, and that's men and women, and it's not it's not segregated based off of sex or based off of anything. It's just every single person is a five who think they're tens, which means no one's great at conversation, and no one is fun, and everyone has a stink face. Because they think they're hot shit because they're in Miami, all right? So they think they're the coolest fucking thing walking the planet, and it was exhausting. Where I was just like, hey, how about we all take it easy, you know? Like, I'm a guy that when I'm walking through, I'll be gambling, someone will walk by, you'll accidentally, like, bump a shoulder, and I'll be like, oh, sorry about that, and you, then you get the, hmm. and keep walking, and it's like, oh, it wasn't so on purpose, I wish I knew how to pickpocket. Because I would have fucking robbed you, you know? Every single person was like that. And it was fine. So 4.15 rolls around. And I'm by myself. And I'm walking through the Oasis, which is the center part of the hotel. I go, I'm going to call it a night. I'm going to go back up to the hotel because I have to wake up in, oh, four hours and do ten more meetings. So I go walking back. And I'm in the middle of the hotel. Now, I made the mistake of being a nice person and I'm like saying hi to people and you know doing a little nod and smiling and making eye contact and then I get snagged by one woman I went I went like that I just did the little head raise and smiled and she went what are you doing and I was like uh-oh uh-oh this is not good okay and I was like well Actually, what I was doing is I had my phone out because I was looking at 24-hour restaurants. I mean, it's 4 a.m. I was looking for 24-hour restaurants. I had been drinking fucking gin all night. And it was just time for your mans to get some calories. So I had my phone open, and I was, and I had 24-hour restaurants on there. She goes, what's you doing? And I was like, looking for food. And she was like, let's go get something to eat. And I said, oh, no, thanks. And she was like, come on. Let's go get something to eat. Now, if I had to describe this woman... Well, being delicate, she was, she had the, she had the super long nails. She had the, the dress that was painted on that cut off right about here. Like if she had a dick, you would have seen it. It was cut off right there. And she had eyelashes that 
that were hitting me in the face from five feet away. And then she made immediate physical contact. And I went, whoa, whoa. She goes, what are you doing? And I was like, huh? I'm I'm looking for food right now. And then she grabbed my arm. And I was like, uh-oh. I feel like a fish. Like, I feel like she's she's out fishing and she thinks she just caught one. All right? She thinks she's got a nibble. And I have to quickly yank my fucking shoulder out of that way. And I said, oh, um, I'm good. And she was like, you got a room? Yeah, babe. That's what she said to me at 4.15 in the morning. She said, do you got a room? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh. And I said, have a good night. (laughs) I didn't know what to do, okay? Because I'm not a guy who can be just blatantly rude to a stranger, Okay, I just can't be I I should be able to just be like, oh, fuck off, you know, like I understand you're working. (laughs) It's you're just doing your job. I get it. Okay, but hey, you know, if you were a dog and I was a tree. Don't bark up me. Does that make sense? Like, you're barking up the wrong tree, okay? You're chasing a squirrel, and you think the squirrel ran up this tree, so you're barking at this one, even though the squirrel's on that tree over there. You're barking up the wrong tree. So I said, good night. <laughs> and she was like, "What? Are you, where are you going? Hollering, okay? Now I'm beelining. I'm beelining for the, for the elevators, which... Dude, this hotel's so big, I had to walk like a half mile to get to the elevators. So I'm just beelining, okay? And I got my face on my phone like, oh my God, this, these Yelp reviews of this restaurant is the most interesting thing I've ever looked at. And she's hollering at me the whole way, okay? Now, she didn't give chase because she is in heels, obviously, and your mans took eighth place in state in the Idaho 100-meter dash. I mean... Do we have to recall? She wasn't catching me. She didn't have a chance. I was like, hey, what's Miami? You know, like, hey, out of my comfort zone, dude. So I get back to the hotel room and I crash out and I wake up and I had a leftover prime rib. And if you don't think that I ate that leftover prime rib on the edge of my bed like a cookie cold out of the fridge (laughs) at like 730 in the morning, you got another thing coming. All right. Crushed my meetings. We left at like two, got on the jet, flew home on the jet. I was writing notes about all the meetings I had, and I just felt like a very successful man, you know? I was a very successful man. I went down to Miami. I gambled everybody else's money away. I spent company card money on a dinner that was egregious. I had a great time. A lady of the night thought that she could snag a bite, and I beelined it for the elevators like a bitch. I wish I would have come up with something smarter on the spot, but I didn't because I, it made me so fucking scared immediately. <laughs> I feel like if I would have said something along the lines of, oh, I'm married, she would have been like, so? And then I would have been like, that's all, that's all I need. That's the only line I should have to say. Where am I? But it was absolutely fucking ridiculous, and now I wear pink sunglasses inside because I got to rub elbows with rich people, and I felt like I was good at it, dude. Felt like I was good at it. So that was Miami. Thanks for asking. 
And then let's go ahead and take that story and drop it into another area of my life that happened that there's a new comfort zone. I went to a bachelor party and the bachelor party had 27 guys in it and all 27 guys, basically, I shouldn't say all, let's say 23 to 20 to 23 of the guys were like middle-aged Minnesota men. And it was the funniest fucking thing, dude. Okay. Let me tell you something about Minnesota men. Well, before I tell you something about Minnesota men, let me just explain. We took a party bus full of middle-aged Minnesota men to another location like an hour and a half away from the town that I live in. So you have all these middle-aged dudes on a party bus, and they're so fucking excited to be out of the house, dude. (laughs) Like... You could just, there were, the, the the buzz of excitement when I walked onto the bus, we were the last people on the bus, me and my uh, two buddies, who were all like the same age. We were like the last ones on the bus, and we get on the bus, and there's this buzz of excitement coming from all these dudes, because it's like, I haven't been out of the house since 99. Like, it was that whole vibe. <laughs> like, everyone's smiling and happy and having a good time, and the only difference is, about a Minnesota man, is they're smiling, and they're happy, and they're only talking about their lawns, dude. Like, <laughs> like the level and the extent of excitement that comes from a guy talking about his backyard, like literally, like talking about the grass on his property for over 15 minutes. Insane. Insane. I was in awe. I was sitting there in awe. Like I'm smiling because I'm in a social setting, you know, so I'm faking it. And I'm smiling and I'm just listening to these guys talk about their fertilizer that they put down and their battles with their neighbors over what's the correct way to take care of their lawn. And, oh, gosh, how badly do we need rain? And I'm like, these guys have found their hobby. These <laughs> I've seen I've heard less passion from artists talking about art. I've heard less passion from athletes talking about their sport than I have about 23 middle-aged Minnesota men all wearing polos and cargo shorts talking about the type of trimmer they use on their yard, dude. I was like, where am I? Is it I'm in such a middle phase of my life. I mean, I'm 29. I'm definitely not hanging out with 21-year-olds anymore and I'm all, and I'm And everyone my age is, like, very busy starting families and stuff or doing their careers. So, like, I go out to this bachelor party with that I was invited to with a coworker of mine. He's a fucking good friend of mine now. He's a stud. And the reason that it was, like, all middle-aged men is because over half of the people on this party bus were his family. So it's, like, his uncles and his dad and shit. And there was, like, one 19-year-old kid on the bus, and he was wearing a Reagan Bush 1984 t-shirt, like the fucking campaign t-shirt. And if you don't think that that t-shirt wasn't mine, by the end of the night, you got another fucking thing coming, okay? I was like, hey, I want that shirt. And he's like, why? And I was like, he's my favorite actor. (laughs) He's my favorite actor. And he was like, what? And I was like, I think the shirt would look better on me. And he was like, Okay, I was like, I'll give you my shirt. And he was like, okay. And he was wearing pit vipers at night. And, you know, so, and now that's my shirt and it's way too small on me, you know? It's way too small on me. But 
It is what it is, and it was blast, dude. We took the party bus to this thing called Whirly Ball, which is bumper carts mixed with lacrosse. Okay? Now, let me, like, that's all I really have to say about it. You're on a bumper cart. You have one of those handheld things from PE class when you were in the first grade that can, like, pick up a wiffle ball and throw it. You know, it's like a hook. And you can scoop it up, and you throw the wiffle ball, and you try to hit this target that's like 10 feet above you, and you're in bumper carts. And the bumper cart steering is a, is a fucking wind-up thing, like the thing on the side of a jack-in-the-box. That's how you steer. So there's no real fucking way to steer, and it's the most unathletic I've ever felt. But keep in mind, I was also surrounded by middle-aged Minnesotan men, and guess what? Everyone was too blackout drunk to continue the night. By 10 p.m. And it's fine, dude. It was a fucking blast. I had a great time. Everyone was laughing at everything because first time out of the house since 99. And it was like, I got to take these fucking sunglasses off, though, for real. <laughs> they have like a glare to them. And it was, it's like, I, I, I feel like I can't even. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it was a party. It was really fun. And The Bachelor, shout out Josh, <laughs> was fucking blacked, dude. Which is exactly what you're supposed to be on your bachelor party. Exactly what you're supposed to be. And if you want to know how to get along with middle-aged people, you know how we talk about validating on this podcast? These guys will fucking eat out of the palm of your hand if you just over laugh. If you just, if they say something and you go, ha <laughs> ha. That's all new it, practice that reaction. You're every guy over 40's favorite person. Like <laughs> like <laughs> they would say something they would say something that you could tell, you know, like the chatter's the chatter's drumming, you know. Oh, don't you know, I turned my neighbor into the city council because he wasn't trimming his side and his weeds were starting to get over into my lawns. So I said, That's about enough of that, and I called him right up and you give him a <laughs> Oh Here's the palm of my hand. I got some oats in there for you. Nom, 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 buddy. <laughs> but it was a fucking great time. We played whirly ball. I felt like an idiot. And then we played laser tag. And depending on what vest you picked, you had pre-given names. And my name was Viper. And everyone took it way too fucking serious. And the entire operation was ran by a 15-year-old kid. And it was fucking fantastic, dude. And there was a bar at this place. So everyone continued to get more drunk. And then after that, we did the bar scene. Like, after you play, we left at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? That's why the night ended at 10 o'clock. And it was just, dude, it was so fucking fun. It was so fun. I had a good time. I did miss you, though, babe. I missed the Cubs. Sorry about taking a week off. But just... A lot of avenues, a lot of adventures. And then this week, wifey's birthday. I mean, the wifey's 28 years old. And I bought her some flowers. And we went to fucking music in the park on Wednesday. And it was it was great, man. Like, it was really fun. Now, the live music that was playing was definitely a cover band for country women that... Literally, we listened to, like, Miranda Lambert cover songs. Like, that <laughs> That was the music in the park. But we went out to dinner before. We had a few drinks. So 
all music is good music after you've had a good few drinks. And I'm going to put a picture right here. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm going to put a panning video up right here. And I just want you to take a look at what, like, the music's pumping. And these people all have their lawn chairs out at Music in the Park. And not a muscle is moved. Okay. There was one time in the night that the lady was like, y'all could stand up if you want to for this next one. She had a Southern accent too. Y'all can stand up if you want to for this next one. Yeehaw. <laughs> and nobody moved. Okay. Nobody fucking moved. I swear the people in this state, and I know I, I bag on Minnesota a lot for living here, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where everyone's real, I'm going to put it in a nice way and just say centered, like everyone's real fucking grounded in their presentation of themselves. So it's all very bottom of the barrel in terms of fun, not a soul moved. And the lady was just like, all right, I'm a motherfucking woman, babe. I don't know why I jumped into Kesha, but, you know, because I can't actually think of any Miranda Lambert songs off the top of my head, and it's fine. But my wife danced. My wife was rip-roaring. Mama had some fun. It was her, it's her birthday, and she's going to fucking dance. She's going to be the only person out of about a 1,000 people dancing in a park to a cover band of country women singers. She doesn't give a shit if she's standing in front of you in your lawn chair or not, dude. Because guess what? It's her birthday. It's her birthday, and she's got a husband that will straight up slap a 67-year-old man if he tries to fucking tell her to sit down. I will I will backhand smack. I mean, that's just the kind of alpha I am, you know. That's just, that's just the level of masculinity that I give out. I will backhand a 67-year-old if he tells my wife to sit down on her birthday. And I will. I didn't have to do it, so I guess we'll never know, but I'll fuck you up. <laughs> and then while he's on the ground screaming, I'll explain to him, it's her birthday. This is when she lets loose. All right. We also have two babies at home. She's been locked in the house. She's blowing off steam. Legitimately, I feel like, and my wife knows this as well, when she's having a good time, it's all, the wings are wide open. She just doesn't. She doesn't really care, and it's one of the things I like about her is her juxtaposition from when she is in her regular life versus like her day-to-day versus when she lets loose a little bit. The juxtaposition is so aggressive, and I love it. I done been blessed with a woman that pray every day turn a freak on the liquor. You know, Toby Nwigwe. That's my wife. She doesn't pray every day, but she's definitely, like, got her shit in order. I done been blessed with a woman who got her shit in order every day, turn a freak on the liquor. You know what I mean? And she knows that when she's in that mode, old Papa Bear wants her to do it because I'm like, hell yeah, baby. That's my wifey right there. Blow off that steam. So I feel like literally she could be like them. And I'd be like, okay, now they're unconscious. Like, it's to, it's to that extent. All I am is her fucking bodyguard at that point, and it's fine. She's re-re, leaving a fucking bar with the paparazzi surrounding her, and all she has to go is go, boom, and I go, and now you're sleeping. And that's how you have a happy marriage. <laughs> and the thing about, like, I was observing, you know how I do. I, I observe wherever we go, 
and I just kind of soak in the moment. The thing about these thousand old people watching music in the parks in their lawn chairs is I know, I know that even though they didn't move a muscle, even though they didn't even give a fucking foot tap to the beat, even though they didn't give a little head bob, no matter how much coaxing the lead singer was trying to do, I couldn't imagine being that performer. But no matter how little they moved, they're going to go home and they're going to say, oh, that was the most fun I've had in a while. Oh, that wasn't that amazing? Her voice was spectacular. I haven't had that much of a good time in such a long time. We need to do more stuff like that. I feel young and invigorated. <laughs> and it's like, how? You're comatose the whole time. But yeah, babe, so that's a little update, and we are fucking 35 minutes in. I updated you. We haven't even gotten to any, like, topics, really. I'm going to keep this studio like this for a while. I hope that you're okay with it. I mean, we're sitting in the chair. We're chilling. We're casual as all fucking get out. We got the Lululemon sweats on. Oh, and I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt that looks like it's merch, but this was a test print that I hated that I refused to release, and now I keep it. For no fucking reason at all other than I'm cheap. That's how unprepared your man's is on a regular basis. All right. I have a merch drop and I wear the merch that I refuse to release because it doesn't turn out good. Like the fucking the print is just dog shit. And I was like, absolutely not. The Cubs aren't getting that. And the merch that I should be wearing is dirty as all fucking get out. You know, basically a fucking cum rag. And it's fine but yeah go to cheerupbabe.com get your t-shirts and uh you know come not included oh and for this merch so on the site um every order like every every t-shirt that's sold the profits are going to go directly into my bank account so it's a good cause i think it's something that you could support like if you want to get behind something and do some good this this week, just go buy a t-shirt. The profits help with, you know, buying shit for my kids. <laughs> I do have I, I do have a new favorite thing. I have a new favorite thing. And it caught me by surprise. And I'll tell you what, dude, the TikTok al- algorithm is fucking dialed in. It's dialed in. It's to the point now where it just shows me the things that I like. And then every now and then it'll be like, you'll probably like this. And I'm like, hey, good fucking call. You're right. You know, sometimes it's swing and a miss. But this time, have you seen rap battles on TikTok? Have you seen them? They're amazing. And they're not a reason. And they're not amazing for the fact that they are good they are good like the guys you know they come up with hot hot fire or whatever they say they come out with the heats you know they're amazing because like i said i analyze things i overanalyze everything like when we're watching movies i'm paying attention to the acting not the scene does that make sense like when we're acting i'm paying attention to the flow of the production and not the actual like movie that's playing. I'm looking at the actors and I'm being like, nah, that's not great acting. Rather than just being like, oh, what a great story. Like I'm a piece of shit. Okay. I overanalyze everything. I analyze conversations while I'm having them. Like while I'm talking to people, I'm reading them. 
and it's a problem. Like I am listening to what they say, but that's kind of through practice. I feel like I have I over analyze things. Now, when I'm scrolling on TikTok, usually it's just escapism, bullshit, entertainment where I fucking blow 30 minutes off. But these rap battles, so I interacted with one of the rap battle videos and then suddenly I just started getting rap battle videos and I've come to a conclusion about rap battle videos, at least the ones that are popular that go viral. And it's like, first of all, every fucking rap battle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my gat, shoot, shoot, and I'm, I'm gonna be a problem for you and you. And when I get the clipper, I'm going to bust it open and I'm going to stab him in his chest and rip his heart open. And everyone's like, oh, burr, 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 burr. like, you know, it's just for the most part, it's all about, hey, <laughs> they're telling you about what they're doing like that. For the most part, that's what it is. For the most part, it's I'm rap battling you. If you had to break it down, this guy thinks that he could beat me. I grew up on the streets. I was eating canned meat. I didn't even have shoes on my feet. And now I'm rap battling you. Sweet, sweet. You know, like it's it's just I'm rap battling you and it's and it's gonna lead to murder. For the most part, that's rap battles. Then there's this one specific type of rap battle that I've noticed gets a lot of fucking hits on the old clock app all right on the watch app it gets a lot of fucking hits and i like to call it therapy session rap battles because <laughs> hey man why are you saying this hey man you just opened your soul in a really fucking weird way while you're rap battling a guy and you rhymed it you know, you rhymed about your heartaches. You rhymed about your troubles. And yeah, babe, of course I have examples for you. We're going to get into it. And also, why are rap battles only screaming? Side note. Side note, screaming is the only tone that rap battles happen at. And I'm just like, I can barely understand you. Because you rap that I done been in the street. And it's like, first of all, take it easy. Okay, I think the reason I overanalyze it is I go, how would I react if that was getting wrapped at me? If I'm standing across from him, eight mile style, how would I react? And I'll tell you what, we'll get into that in a second. Let's, I, I want to show you, we got to watch this shit. Now I want you to listen to this and assess, is he oversharing? I feel like it's just a touch oversharing and it's not something that should be said in the context of a room full of a thousand people. Food in the fridge for a week straight and my mother ain't say thanks for it. She was more concerned with asking me where I got the money to pay for it. And if I think she's stupid, she know I damn sure ain't have a job and I wasn't getting cheese for music. I said, mom, you getting help now and you need to use it. She said, boy, you just better not be doing what I think you should. What does this have to do? What does this have to do with rap battle? Telling us about, telling us about a, buying groceries for his mom so far. So far, the impetus for the storyline is, I'm going to rap battle you. Here's a quick story about how I bought some groceries for my mom. Shit you claim your daddy was? That really was my dad. I don't hate my dad like, oh, I hate my dad. I we found the, we found the root of the problem. My dad like, 
damn, I wish I could have robbed my dad. And I never said that showing daddy sucks. But you can't say a nigga without one ain't a stand-up nigga just cause you get to use yours as a crutch. You get to, he get to spar with his pops, unlimited. Them jail phones really had a clock on it. My dad called me on the Mick phone. That's the jack with the sock on it. I don't know what a jack with the socks on it is, but from what I can absorb, he is mad at his dad because his dad was in prison and he didn't have to have his dad in his life. We're rap battling. Why did you say that? That's the end of the rap battle. So that's the whole clip, and that has 1.2 million likes. And that's the thing about these rap battles that go viral is if you just... Dude, I would fucking crush on a rap battle. I'd be like, oh, I just have to be emotionally open for a second. Everybody sit back. I didn't go through any real trauma in my life. So I don't have a lot of disdain in my heart for it. But one time my wife and I couldn't buy groceries. So we ate Rice Krispies and peanut butter with a fork in it. I also like how they put the like the sentimental music over the top of his thing. Also, screaming so loud, letting out so much emotion in his heart. Okay, dude, if this was me, straight up. Okay, I'm gonna skip back to where he starts talking about his dad. If I'm standing across from him, okay, if I'm standing across from him, this is how my verse goes in the rap battle. Following this. I don't hate my dad like, oh, I hate my dad. I hate my dad like, damn, I wish I could have loved my dad. And I never said that showing daddy sucks. But you can't say a nigga without one ain't a stand-up nigga just because you get to use yours as a crutch. You get to, he get to spar with his pops. Unlimited. Them jail phones really had a clock on it. My dad called me on the Mick phone. That's the jack with the sock on it. Is that what it, my turn? My turn. Um, hey man, you really just poured out a lot, and I don't really know what to say right now. Maybe you should just try smoking some pot and chill, and I'll give you a hug because while those bars were really ill, I'm welling up like some water on a ladybug because I don't really know what to say. Because you got so much emotional pain and that trauma runs deep in your veins. All I really talk on a day-to-day is marriages. But I got about seven, eight people that you could call that'll give you a good therapist. And I think that... <laughs> it's like, hey, maybe let's go back to talk about murdering each other because this took a weird turn. Here's another one that I like. <laughs> if shit go further than fucking rap... Snuff this cat. Open up. So loud. Tone it down. The trunk, you get stuffed in that. A couple clap, you won't hear right when I buck the get. I keep squeezing till something fly in his ear. Like, what the fuck is Okay, so far, only about murder. Does it turn? You act like we out here winning grins. I ain't in a financial position to take care of nobody but my family. I got two... Okay, financial position has entered the chat. Daughters that I'm raising, one's nine and one's one. If I got hold on, hold on. What did he say? After the financial situation, what's going on? I ain't in a financial position to take care of nobody but my family. I got two daughters that I'm raising, one's nine and one's one. If I 
just just tell just telling us about his just filling us in on him just giving us a breakdown just just giving us giving us his tinder bio and it's fine it's fine you gotta raise this one nine he gonna call nine one one correct me if i'm wrong but the really takes away from the heat it really really breaks apart the emotional hit that he was trying to deliver there I don't have money for my family, and I'm raising two baby girls. Here's their ages, and if I had to fucking pull a pull a gun out on you, you're gonna call the cops. What? <laughs> now this guy, dude, I saved the best for last because this guy, it okay. I understand that life is tough. This guy just gave us his whole fucking story. And then you rhymed it. See, I ain't even with the drama no more. I've been raising a black kid for six years, Daddy. And I ain't even with his mama no more. You think you think he cares? That's always the worst part. Is like I don't like that part when it's like, oh, they're about to go into the next part, and the whole crowd's like, oh, 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 oh. So he's like, and you think he just sits there and waits for the crowd to react. Can I get back into my lyrics now? You think he cares what color I am when I'm the one who puts the food on the table, clothes on his back? Exactly. Watch him out. Know how to act, because now my son is his half-brother. So act up, because any attempt to G-check me going to be lackluster. My pops died when I was five, and he was 35. And sometimes my mind's blurry, but now I'm 34 with a four-year-old, so I'm worried. Yeah. lines flurry mm-hmm. but think twice before using one because you worry about losing to a white boy i'm worried about him losing one i'm standing across from him in the battle and i go like this that's a rap on every level that's an rap and that's a wrap because i'm not gonna come back to you after you just poured your heart out in front of all these people that are here to watch some rhyming, you know? Hey, all of y'all, go see a therapist, okay? You're getting the emotion out. That's great. I'm proud of you. Look at you being vulnerable to a stranger who just said that he was going to stab you in the jugular or whatever the fuck his his first line was but you just told us the ages of your daughters and then said that my dad died when i was 35 and now i'm 34 so i'm scared about dying i don't know what to say you win <laughs> so emotionally open so emotionally invested it's a rap battle let's take it easy but you got 1.7 million views on TikTok, so or likes, so probably like 17 million views on TikTok. Viral as all fucking get out. But holy shit, that's my new favorite thing. It's my new favorite thing. I'm just like every time, every time I'm scrolling, I'll just I'll come across a rap battle and I go, oh, how much am I gonna learn about his backstory and his past trauma? How much is he gonna divulge? But is he going to tell us about his mom dying? I bet he's going to tell us about his mom dying. I bet it's going to happen. And on a real note, 
the level of talent that comes from these people just flowing it out and like presenting a storyline and also making it flow and match the bar sequence and rhyming is fucking incredible. It just, the fucking context of it cracks me the fuck up. Post haste. In the past tense, it cracks me up. It's not like I'm watching it and then I hear the fucking line about him having a four-year-old and him, his dad dying when he was 35 and now he's 34 and he's scared about his him himself dying when he's, 35 and then i go <laughs> i'm talking about like i get that cringe laughter where i'm like oh that's so much emotional vulnerability in front of strangers oh god <laughs> but that's my new favorite type of content okay you're all updated on your mans let's do some unqualified dad advice okay then we are on the unqualified dad advice subreddit on reddit okay it is what it is we're gonna get this shit on and pippity popping if you would like to submit a topic of advice that your mans will answer on this podcast go to reddit.com forward slash unqualified dad advice and submit a topic and i'll help you out we do have one that we can get right into for today all right babe this comes from Open to Receive 24-7. We've had them before. And Open to Receive 24-7. We've already made the joke. Sounds too sexual. Change your name. Okay? But I understand it's just like open to receive advice maybe. You know? And it's all day long. It's 24 fucking 7 in this bitch. Need advice for a friend is the topic. Hey, Papa Bear. This may take a bit, so sorry, but I feel a fresh new perspective on this situation would be awesome, exclamation point. Well, let's fucking get it done. My best friend is in an unhealthy relationship with his wife. He is torn between staying to do, quote, what is right and leaving and facing all the tough times ahead that go hand in hand with divorce and custody. Parentheses, they have a little girl. Okay. Plot twist? Not a plot twist. Laying the plot background when he first opened up to me about it it was very obvious he was being abused emotionally his wife has only said a couple things to me ever parentheses i have babysat the girl for them one of them was being if i had known this is what having a kid was going to be like i would have gotten an abortion oh my god okay starting off egregiously dark and then in parentheses, it says in front of their daughter. That was said in front of their daughter? Hold on. His wife has only said a couple of things to me ever. One of them was that. Okay. So now the storyline is this woman is horrific. I mean, we don't know shit about her yet. That's all we need to know, though. You know? So I already have pegged her as the villain in my story. And this isn't even my story. And she's the villain. Can't believe that makes me fucking mad. Okay, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try not to get fucking aggressive. Alright. I'm gonna try not to get aggressive, but based off of that start, might get fucking aggressive. Got an abortion in front of her. I was speechless. Yeah. I have offered advice on ways he could call her out on her abusive behavior and simply not tolerate it. And it seems to be going better. Oh, so he took a little bit of advice. Alright. A couple months ago she told him she wants a divorce. Wants to stay roommates, can't stand to be around him, etc. 
I mean, we only know we only know this side of the story, babe. So here here's what we have to do. We have to take everything in here and just lay it out as this is exactly the truth and exactly what's happening. I'm not saying this isn't the truth. I'm just saying we only can work with the information that we have. And so far, the information is she said that abhorrent shit that I just can't bring myself to fucking repeat. And then the next thing we know about her is a couple months ago, she told him she wants a divorce, wants to stay roommates and can't stand to be around him. Doesn't fucking make sense. That doesn't fucking make sense. She wants a divorce and wants to stay living with him. Wants to live in his house. Okay. Ironed that one out. But doesn't want him to leave her. Okay. Granted, he is no perfect angel either. But I have helped him learn how to verbally express himself from a centered, loving place instead of from pain and anger. And now she says he's a pussy. They do not share the same interests either. I have been training him and he has lost a lot of weight and is now, quote, hot as fuck. He was in a random video that went viral and now her all her friends say that they want to fuck him. And his wife has now decided, holy shit. OK, Jesus Christ. A lot of things getting thrown. A lot of things getting thrown down the barrel at us here, Cubs. Let's just keep it rolling. He was in a random video that went viral and now all her friends say they want to fuck him and his wife has now decided she wants to keep him. Parentheses. It just seems so fake and insincere and frankly an ego boost control factor for her. Her abuse has left him empty hearted in the relationship and he doesn't know what to do. Stay in an empty relationship? Leave and deal with custody stuff? I have exercised every avenue of loving advice to give him basically finally saying you guys get to decide. She might come around. She might not. You might develop feelings for her again. You might not. It's your choice. Divorce and custody is only negative if, it, negative if you make it that way. You can make it a healthy exchange if you focus on that. It is up to you where focus goes and energy flows. End of quote. So that whole last part is everything that she has said to him. So I see him every day in the gym and he is just sad. He is lifeless. Life is short. And when do you call it quits? I feel people come into our lives forever and temporarily and we learn and we grow. We choose if it is negative or not. I am divorced twice and hold no negativity towards how awful things were because I am such a more complete, better person now for it. Actually, I'm so thankful for the experiences. Any advice? Love you. Appreciate you. Keep going. It keeps getting better and better. Wow. All right. Just getting fucking hammered in the face with this one so we have an extremely toxic relationship i fucking hate that word toxic actually let's think of another word we have we have diamondback venom level of relationship where the wife obviously resents having a kid and then was emotionally abusive to a husband who tried to do better and uh express himself more openly and when he did that she called him a pussy and then he got in shape and all of her friends want to fuck him now and now since he has a level of demand on him from the opposite sex she goes oh yeah no i want you now but at the end of the day you can only fucking handle so much okay so uh, if i was giving device device if i was giving advice directly to him all right brother i'm gonna act like i'm talking to you right now if it was me okay I mean, it's hard for me to picture it, but imagine that suddenly Jordan emotionally abuses me, thinks I'm a pussy, undermines everything I do, and hates our kids. (laughs) No brainer. I'm out. 
I'm out. Because just like I preach to women on a regular basis, it's only because those are the topics that come across the table. Everyone deserves to be treated with a certain level of respect. And the thing about relationships, they all have to start at a foundational value level. Like your foundations have to be in place. And right now, your foundation is that there's no equality in your relationship. You're lower than her. In her mind and also in yours because you have accepted putting up with this for so long. So now the stage has been set. This is this will be your life from here on out because she obviously doesn't respect you. There's no respect there. And I'm not talking about respect like fucking Andrew Tate women should fucking respect, man. I'm the fucking man. Listen to me. I'm talking about mutual respect where it's two loving individuals who appreciate and encourage the other person. Okay. And also, I mean, the fucking, the the line with the daughter is fucking blowing my mind right now in front of the daughter. Said that in front. Dude, that would be it for me right there. That would be it for me right there. Because every single day we present ourselves as this person. And we want to present ourselves as the person that we want to be. So the more you present yourself as that, the more you become that person. And she's presenting herself as this fucking poisonous human being who hates her fucking kid, doesn't respect her husband, and belittles everything that is around your household. And she's sucking your life out of you. So that's the person that she is being. Therefore, that's the person that she is good with being. So she has shown you everything that you need to see. What's that quote? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That can track directly into this because I feel like the only thing that's keeping you in this is, oh, it could get better. Right? That's that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why you would continue to stay in it is, oh, this could get better. We can fix this. This can work. And you can fucking think that all day. But if both parties aren't on the same page, then that'll never fucking happen. This is your life. This is your life. So you have to come up with the decision of, is this the life that I'm cool with living for the rest of my days on this planet? The short amount of time that I'm on this planet, is this the life that I'm cool with living? Or do I go into the confrontation and the known pain And stress that's going to come with a divorce and a custody battle and all that bullshit because I severely doubt that she is going to be okay with a mutual happy breakup. You can either walk on coals for the rest of your life, so there's always just a little bit of pain, or you can jump through a fire. But then you don't have to be burned anymore. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. If it was me... Yeah, the stage has been set, like I said, and I would move on because here's another thing. You want the woman that says shit like that about your kid in front of your kid to be fully involved in your kid's life? That's going to be her role model. That's going to be who your baby girl sees every single day and is around. And here's the thing, man. Kids are so... Kids are sponges, so... All your baby is seeing right now is tension and turmoil. So you just want to extend that over the next 18 years until they, until your little girl finally gets to leave? Like, 
this is a no-brainer. This isn't just doing what's best for you. This is doing what's best for everybody. Let her go. Let her do her fucking thing. So for me, it would be a no-brainer, man. Um, and it's easy for me to say that, right? It's easy for me to say, oh, just jump through the fire. I understand how fucking heavy and stressful this probably is. And I said, get out of there. Cubs, what do you think? You know? I mean, this would be a good one to fucking hop on and help out with. Like, if you guys wanted to... If you guys wanted to jump in here, you can respond to that with maybe maybe not advice directly to the poster, maybe not advice to if you were if you were talking to him, what the fuck would you say? Maybe go to the unqualified dad advice subreddit and be like maybe you have a different perspective, you know. Maybe you've been through something similar to this. If you've been through something similar to this, a perspective firsthand would be fucking great because I haven't been through this. I've been through shitty like dating relationships, but that's that's kid shit. That's shit that doesn't matter. Um, so this is heavy. This is real. This is tough. But I think that you know we could all help out a little bit on this one because this is tough. But if it was me, I'm a, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm gone. Ski Reblonsky. And just think of it. Just think of it like if, uh, dude, if you have to if you have to get your aggression out i say you pick up rap battling and you just learn how to rhyme like if you learn how to rhyme and you can go to a couple rap battles and stuff learn learn what a glizzy with sock in it is or whatever the fuck he said you know or a glock with chop chop like learn the vernacular and then just learn how to put your pain and turmoil into a fucking rap battle and maybe that'll solve all your problems i don't know you'll get so many fucking views on tiktok <laughs> Inhaled my own spit. <coughs> oh, God. Inhaled my own spit. All good. All good. Sorry, I had to lighten it up after that. That was heavy. That was heavy. I had to lighten it up just to do fucking rap battles. I'll, I will be your first test run rap battle, and you're welcome. You're welcome. Also, Cubs, if you want to fucking rap battle me. Oh. I have the fucking final rap battles from 8 Mile memorized. All right? And that's on being a 12-year-old in a small Idaho town, baby. Mm, get your merch with the fucking rock on hand. Just dancing on that bridge till the stars come home. Okay? Go get it. Go get it. All right, babe. <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. That was episode 69. All right? In honor of episode 69, you know what you got to do this week. I don't even have to say it. I'll say it. I need you to 69 someone in honor of episode 69. That's the thing, okay? You need to fucking write a rap battle about all your emotional traumas. You need to wear fucking pink sunglasses inside. And you have to. You have to wear pink sunglasses. Go out, buy a pair of sunglasses with pink lens in it, and 69 your partner, okay? If you don't have a fucking partner, then I need you to go onto Tinder and... I guarantee you, especially if you're a woman, if you go on to Tinder, you'd be like, I have to 69 someone this week. You're going to get just change that to your fucking dating bio. Just be like, you know, Amber, 23. I have to 69 someone this week. Oh, the fucking messages will pour in. It won't be hard. So in honor of episode 69, go 69 someone this week. And also, babe, just fucking live life and enjoy yourself. We're here for a short time. Do everything that you can to have some fun. All right? Have a great week. Go out there. Don't be a bummer. And cheer up, babe.